0: church. We're right on time. That bell is right on, isn't it? And you know, um one thing's God's really been um really been moving in my heart is, is make I, I don't think we realize sometimes we're we're in milling and, and different things are going on and and uh you know it's easy to get tunnel vision, right? It's easy to think that that uh that life is about right now, life is about where we are. Uh, it's about this little old place called millen or 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 Scriven or Twin City or uh, Sardis, wherever. if I didn't name your town, I'm sorry, but we think it is about us, but I want you to realize something that God's been using you guys and, and you're given and and uh, a lot of a lot of you guys have went to um to help with the other plants to get started. Um, a lot of you went to Dublin when we got started in Dublin in January. and from from January 1, so right now, there's been 67 people come to know Jesus at our Lord and Savior in our Dublin campus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And, and, it's, and it's through your praying, it's through your giving, and it's through everything, but we're in this together, right? It's not just uh, what I love about it, and I wish I could celebrate what other campuses, other other campuses, what other churches in our community are doing. And I hope that in the future that we'll be able to communicate in that way where we, we would know what each other, what's going on and how we can pray for one another. But as far as connection church. Is what we're doing. Like last Sunday, Sunday for last, we baptized eight people here at this campus, but every campus wide, all four campuses, 55 people took that step from death to life of, of being baptized. So that's awesome. And so you're a part of a movement, not just a church. Y'all with me? It's bigger than us. And so that's why it's so important that we as individuals, we're growing, we're, we're we're just continually just pushing the limit every single week of, of making sure we're growing in Christ so that we can be the light and we can reach people for the glory of God. Amen? So, uh, um, let's pray, and then we're going to get on into the message. Father, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, for um, just, just how much you love us. Lord, I, I, there's so many things that come in between us and, and you, Lord, and, and and a lot of times uh, it's because we're not keeping our guard up, or we're not we're not focused, and it's so easy to walk in condemnation of things we're not doing instead of looking at what you've done. And God, I just pray that you would clear our minds right now, God, as we uh just we embark in this next forty five minutes. I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts, you'd move in our lives, and God, you would open our mind's eye, Lord. We will forget about the ride-in. we forget about the distractions around us. And God, I pray that you help us focus on you. And God, speak through us today. Father, I pray for life change. I don't, There's so many people that has been treading water for months. They're just trying to make it. They're just trying to get through. I pray, God, that today that they would, they would stop treading water and they would step on firm ground. Father, I pray that you would help us today be your church, not just go to church. Father, help us Today, take those steps of faith and be a people of action, not be a people of great intentions. So, Father, touch us today, make us aware of Your presence, change the way we think, change the way we love, and change the way we pursue You. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, we've been going through this series called "A Better Story," and this is the last uh, the last uh, week of it. And man, God's been just uh, man. He's been Chipping away all the hardness of my heart. And he's been molding me and shaping me. And and, and I've I'm, I'm it's been exciting. I don't know if, I don't know if you've enjoyed this, this series, but I have. Some of you are like, you know what, I'm glad we're out because you've been stepping on my toes every single week. Amen. <laughs> but you know, this series has been the the whole reason we did it is because I want you to understand there's a better story for your life. There's more to life than what people tell you who you are, right? The world around us tells us that we're all these certain things. Your experience tells you that, that you're this or that, um, that you're not loved, that you're all these different things that your past may tell you. But the whole reason we did this series is because people need to realize that their identity is not shaped in what people think or what your experience think, but your identity should be in Jesus Christ. If he is your Lord, if he is your Savior, he should be the center of your life, so everything should be who Jesus says you are, right? And everything else is a lie. That should be comforting for a lot of you. It, has, it is for me. Because when you have a lot of people giving you their opinion of who you are and what you should be, it is very comforting for me to say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me even though I'm not perfect. And Lord, please convict them and let them realize that they ain't perfect themselves. Amen. <laughs> You know, and, and I think one of the biggest things I think we need to realize is that our struggles, our fears, our failures, all these things, it boils down to our identity. We struggle with things, we hurt for things, and, and it's, it's that we allow some opinions or some things to be elevated higher than the reality of who Jesus is in our life. And when these things get out of balance, we begin to listen to more of what everybody else says than Jesus. And a lot of times when those things get out of balance, this means more to us than Jesus. So we spend less time, and what happens is those voices get louder and louder, and Jesus begins, his voice and his calling begins to get muffled and more muffled. So it's very important that we keep it balanced. And I know, I know a lot of you are thinking, look, my identity is in Jesus. I'm here at church this morning. I'm not deer hunting like everybody else. National holiday in South Georgia, deer season. I'm here. My identity is in Christ. But see, I want you to realize that how we live in response to the Holy Spirit sings a different tune a lot of times. It's not about attendance. It's about love. It's not about how, many, how, how, many, how much of the Bible I've read. It's about how much of the Bible you apply. Is he, is, is he your identity? And it's, it's, a, it's a real struggle, no doubt. It's, it's something I struggle with a lot of times, trying to make sure that it's an everyday battle for me to make sure I'm putting my identity in Jesus, in, in who he says I am, than, than what everybody else says. And I know that if it's a battle for me, it's got to be a battle for some of you in here. Can, anybody can relate to that? I mean, and so it's a struggle every day, and I, and I think that often times we don't think we can overcome it. When life gets too hard, we have two responses most of the time. Number one, either we can do nothing. This is what this is in my life. This is, this is what I've realized. i got two responses in every day. Either I can do nothing, which means I'm passive, I, I'm, a, I'm a coward down to the opposition, or I can fight. I can fight against it. And when you fight against something, that means you oppose it. That means you said, I don't agree with that. I'm, I agree with this a lot of us, we have, we're so weak in our faith, we don't know what we oppose and what we, what we shouldn't oppose. We don't know what we should be for and what we should be against. And that's why it's so important that we're following Christ. That's why it's so important that we're in his word. That's why it's so important that we know who he says we are. And so to win the battle of identity, a lot of us, have our identity has been stolen. And some, somebody in the morning, it's going to get stolen again because you're not putting in place the things that God says to do in order for us not to be beaten. How many of you feel like you get up and you're beat up every single day? You feel like Satan wins every day in your life. I don't know about you. God gave me a competitive spirit. I hate to lose. Now, I'm a graceful loser. When I do lose, don't, don't look at me like that. I want to win. And so if I lost yesterday, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to win today, okay? And if you beat me five times tomorrow, you ain't going to beat me tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I got that mindset. I'm not going to lose today. But the thing is, in order not to lose, you got to realize how you were losing. You got to identify the things that were causing you to lose yesterday in order to win today. And so a lot of us go through life, we just accept the fact that, that we're being beat up and we, get, and we live a life less than what God's called us to live. And he wants you to realize that, that he's given you a spirit of victory. He's given you so many tools to put in your toolbox to win at this Christian walk, but we don't apply them to our lives. And so I think that how we win the fight for identity in our lives, because Satan wants to keep your identity messed up. If, he, if you don't know who you are, that you will be ineffective for the kingdom of God. And he wants you to be ineffective. So in order for us to be effective, we have to know that we are in Christ, and he has a mission and a plan for your life. Y'all with me this morning? We we bumped the air way down so to keep everybody awake. Is it working? My pregnant ladies are like, praise you, Lord. Thank you. So, So when I was reading, trying to figure this out, God sent me, to to an unusual place, which is 2 Timothy, to talk about keeping my identity on Christ. But y'all just stick with me. 2 Timothy chapter 6, chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan the flame, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. You know, before you get to verse 6, Timothy, I mean, Paul was reminding Timothy who he was. Before he told him, hey, look, for this reason, fan the flame. Before he told him that, he he was telling him, hey, he was reminding him who he was in Christ. It starts in verse 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that my joy may be filled. I'm reminding you of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now also lives in you. Kind of got my verses jacked up. Y'all just bear with me. We're going to switch gears, okay? But the thing is, is Paul was writing to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. He was a young, young convert. He was starting to, to he, and he was pastoring a church that was jacked up. They had all kinds of problems. He was at a pivotal point in his life to where he could have very easily been pushed by what everybody else says do, by, by, by the voices of, any, of inside the church. He could be pushed in any direction to, to, to really compromise on what God's told him to do. And so there's a, there, there's a voice of compromise going on there. There's a voice of, of, hey, do things my way, not this way. And so Paul, he knew what he was up against. Because Paul had been there. And so he was trying to tell Timothy, hey, don't listen to those things. Don't listen to what they're saying. Don't, don't, don't listen to the voice of saying that you're not qualified, that, you, that you're ineffective. Don't listen to those voices. He called him to remember. See, the first way we remember, we fight against our identity is, number one, is that we know who we once were and where Jesus has brought us. And that's what Paul was trying to do to Timothy. He's like, look, don't listen to what they said because I remember, I remember where you were. I remember, I remember the deposit that was put inside of you by your parents that were raising you in a godly way. I, rem- I know what God's done in your life. So he was bringing him back to the remembrance of that. The way we keep going is we always got to go back to where God found us and have the confidence of knowing that God is on our side. I don't know about you, but the first thing Satan starts doing is he starts intimidating me, making me not realize who I am, and then I start questioning even my own salvation. If I'm having these thoughts, am I even, I'm even saved? And what God does is he takes me back to the beginning. He takes me back to, to my past. He takes me back to where I was, where I met Jesus, before I met Jesus, and where I am now, and saying, all right, if you were here and now you're here, something changed in your life so that you are where you are right now. So You have to remember where you were, and you know when there's there, there, there's a there's a there's a crazy thing that happens when you remember where you were and where you are right now. There's a crazy confidence that give that God gives you out of that. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm telling you y'all with me this morning. It's a confidence because when I look back, I don't feel like I can do anything. When I feel like I'm ineffective, when I feel like that that. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to be able to be all that God's got for my plans for my life. Then I go back and say, you know what? If he did that out of this, praise the Lord, ain't no telling what he can do next. Y'all with me? It gives you a confidence to step forward. And you know what? When I look back at what he's delivered me from in the past, it gives me confidence to take the next step into the future. I see what he's done, and I can say, all right, I know what you've done in my life. I know what you're going to do. I'm going to take this step. I'm boldly knowing exactly where you've brought me out of, so now I'm okay with taking this step. So a lot of us are just paralyzed by what, what, what the voices in our head and the things going on around us, but we have to go back to the place where, where God changed us and God saved us and knowing that he's got a better plan and a better story for our lives. And a lot of us, the moment that we chose Jesus, he started making changes, and some of the changes that he started making we didn't really like, so we just took the pen from him and started writing our own story. You know how that works, don't you? Boom. Fair to give y'all some sound effects this morning. It's a crash and burn deal. It, because if 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 it was, if our life was supposed to have been done the way we want it done, then there would have been no reason for Jesus to die. He came so that we could have life and have life more abundantly under the authority of Jesus. And so we have to realize that He came so that He could direct our lives. And, you know, when I realized the other thing, too, that that when you realize where God's brought you out of, you know what that gives? I don't know, I can't speak for you. What it does for me is it gives me passion. When I see what he's brought me out of, when I see what he's done in my life, when Satan tries to tell me, no, you can't, I can look back and say, yes, God did. And it gives me passion to keep pursuing God. And see, the the, the the way we fight is you have to fight from a, you have to have passion to fight. You have to have desire to fight. And you're not going to fight against anything that you don't oppose. At least some of you shouldn't. Some of you fight for anything. You ever know? You ever had that friend that all you had to do was just say the word and he was ready? Huh? Y'all stop looking around at each other. Uh, uh, you know, some people just want to fight about anything. But I'm telling you, when you really understand what God's done for you, when you really understand what he's brought you out of. When you really understand that there was no way for you to please God except through Jesus. But yet, Jesus, God chose you. He gave Jesus as a sacrifice for you so that you could live a life that pleased God. Man, it gives me a passion to serve him. It gives me a passion to do things for him that I couldn't do on my own. So the, way, the number one step in order to start fighting against the things that have been defeating you is number one, call out your head every day. Sometimes you got to remind yourself every day, God saved me, God's done this in my life, shut up, Satan, I'm taking this step. We have to be intentional with that. The second thing is he, is he says in, uh, in six, he says, for this reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. He says, for the spirit of God Gave us, for the spirit that God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. So the second thing is, is we have to, in order to, to fight against those things, we have to fan the flame. We have to fan the flame inside of us. There, it's, it's a battle every single day. Every day it's a battle. And in order for you to defeat the things that are in your life, you have to fan the flame that God gave you, that gift of God, that Holy Spirit. When God, when you get, when you, the moment you give God your life, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But the only way you're going to acknowledge the Spirit, the only way that you're going to, the, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to do, you're going to be able, you got to fan that flame. You got to understand, you got to, the more time you spend with God, the more that flame will, will grow. And a lot of times we walk in defeat is because we're not fanning the flame. You got to feed it. You got to be able to feed a fire for it to grow, right? You you, you go and you just light a little little bit of stuff, it's going to burn up eventually unless there's constant fuel being put to the fire. So in order for us to win, in order for us to fight well, we have to continue to feed the flame that's inside of us. And the way you, way you fan that flame is you got to be in God's Word. You got to be in God's Word intentionally to be able to fan the flame. The more, the more I read God's Word, the more fired up I get. The more I read God's Word, the more confidence I get. Because, and, and the more the fire begins to, just to grow inside of me because what you feed will grow. And it's the reality. If you're feeding yourself stuff of the world, flying, your fire is going to go out. And there's a lot of Christians that started out well. They started on, started on fire for God, but yet they hit a little hiccup and they separated themselves from the fuel and their fire is kindled down. And maybe that's you today. And, and, and the way you fuel that fire back is get back in God's word. You got to be intentional with fanning that flame. God placed it inside of you. You understand that? God sought you so worthy that he put that gift inside of you. Know about you, but I never had a fire inside my stomach until I started following Jesus. When I really started following Jesus, there was a fire in me. There was a passion that I never had before. And I remember when I started going through hard times, I I, I, I started separating myself from the fuel, and I began to fall back into sin, fall back into things that God delivered me from. You know why? Because I separated myself from the source. And the way we fight well, and we fight against this whole identity theft thing is that we are in the Word of God and allowing God's Word to tell us who we are. You got to feed. You got to fan the flame. If you're feeding fear in your life, it's going to grow. If you're fearful of all these different things, instead of surrendering the fear to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, I know that you're in control, God. I know that this is going on. I know that right now, life is crazy, and I don't know what this next step is going to look like. I am a wreck inside. But you know what, God? I'm going back to where you saved me. I know where you brought me from, God. I know what you've done in this situation. I know what you've done in that situation. God, I know you're faithful. God, I know you're praiseworthy. I know these things you've done. And if you're constantly reminding yourself what God's done, that that, that flame can't go out. got to keep fanning the flame and this is the and and as i began to 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 study this is the part we miss so many christians so many of you in this room you've allowed the flame to go out and it might not be all the way out it might be just a little amber but you're not you're not on fire for christ as you once were because you're not slaying sin the way you once were you're not you don't care about your relationship with jesus like you once were It's kind of like whatever. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. And that's not a life centered on the gospel. In order for us to be the people God's called us to be, we have to be people that are fanning the flame, and you got to be intentional with that. And I don't care if you're here today and you allowed life to beat you up and and maybe maybe your fire has been out. But you know what? All it takes is a a little intentionality for that little amber to start back a huge fire. How intentional are you with your relationship with God? Because a lot of times we say that we're, we're following Jesus. We're not following Jesus. We're just following people to church. And church's not going to save you. Church is not going to change you. Nothing's going to make your situation different. You're going to leave church and go home still depressed, still upset, still defeated. But if you come to church and you give your life to God and you begin to really apply what God's said telling you to do, things are going to change in your life. You're going to experience that joy. You're going to experience that peace. You got to be intentional with fanning that flame. But how many of us are intentional with fanning that flame? A lot of times, we only fan it when we feel like it's about to go out. And then we we're like we're like a bunch of maniacs. We're like fanning it real fast. Oh, that can't go out, it can't go out, and then it it blazes up. And then we're like, we sit back and we chill for a while, and then it dies back down. And then when it dies down, we're like, oh, God, oh, we fan it again, and it goes up and it goes down. God wants you to have a consistent fire that burns. And the higher your fire burns, the more everybody else around you will see it. And my question to you today is, is are you fanning the flame? Are you fanning that gift that God's given you? That that the Holy Spirit that's inside of you, are you fanning that every single day so that you know what God wants you to do more than the world, more than what the world wants you to do? Very tough crowd today. See, if you're not feeding God's word, you're, if, you don't allow, if you don't allow that, you're going to feed the fear, and the fear turns into doubt. And you begin as you, as you don't if you don't feed the faith of God. The opposite of faith is fear, right? So if, you're, if you find yourself in a fearful place, you need to realize and recognize that you need to fan the flame a little bit more. You need to get more confidence in God because you're fearful of all these things. When reality, your identity is not in Christ. If You're fearful of this stuff because if you're centered on Jesus, then you realize that you're more than a conqueror in the name of Jesus Christ and you can walk through anything and not get burned up. You won't be touched by any flame that the devil may try to put upon you if you're fanning the flame in which God has given you. We're constantly intentionally reading God's word. I'm telling you, church, this is one of the biggest things. I got a guy that that, that I love, and, and man, I've been I've been mentoring since he was a kid. And he showed up to the house last week, and he was just like, "Man, I am miserable." I mean, he's got he's got anything that somebody his age could want, the world standards, making more money, vehicles, boats, anything. He's got it, and he's like. But I'm miserable, man. I'm, I'm straight miserable. And I'm like, I know why you're miserable. He's like, I know you know why I'm miserable. How do I get out of this? I'm like, well, you got to go back to what God told you last. He's like, well, I know God told me that, I, that, I, that I'm supposed to be going to the ministry, but I don't know what I need to do. It's like, well, when's the last time you talked to God? I talk to God every day. was the last time you read God's word? Um, it's been a little while. I said, so well, what you're trying to tell me is you like doing all the talking, but you don't like doing no listening. And he's like, yeah, look at the time. I got to go. How many of us are that way? How many of us, are, we're telling God all our complaints, but we're not listening to what God's telling us? The only, way you, the only way a lot of us listen is God speaks through his word. Amen? And so we have to be not only telling God our complaints, telling God our problems, but we need to be in his word so that we get the solution to our problems. As we read God's word, it's going to tell us what we need to do. God's going to speak to you in your situation through his word. And as he speaks to you through his word, the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you and allow you to take those steps of faith. But you have to be fanning the flame, church. And you're not going to be, you're going to continue to walk in doubt. You're going to continue to walk in fear. You're going to continue to, to walk in, in, in the sin. If you're not intentional with fanning that relationship, fanning that flame, that gift that God's given you, the gift that God's given you. Man, how awesome is that? God gave us this special gift so that we could have communion with Him through the Holy Spirit if we just fan the flame, church. My God, if we could just get that today, if we could just fan, realize that all I got to do is fan the flame and God would change everything. If I just fan the flame that God's put in me, if I just fan that little bit of flame that God's put in me, I can set the world on fire through the flame in which He's put inside of me. People, when when, when there's a big fire going, stuff around it catches on fire just because of the heat getting put off of it. If you want to start seeing life change in your family, in your relationships, in your workplace, you start fanning the the flame. You start fanning it. You be intentional with God's word, and he will change the circumstances and situations all around you because your mind is fixed on him, not on the problems and the situations. We got to fan the flame. And if we don't fan the flame, we're going to keep on just putting, we're going to keep just reading it and letting it flare up and go down until one day we're not going to recover and the flame's going to go out. And that's a sad place to be. God gave us this gift. Let's don't squander it. See, the way we fight against identity theft is we are focused on it. See, whatever you fight against is something you oppose. Y'all realize that? So do you oppose the world? Are you fighting against the world? Are you fighting against what Satan says? Because if you're listening to it, that means you agree with it. And to do nothing is to do something. And a lot of times our silence speaks louder than what we say. Christian, you with me? So if you, ain't, if, you, if you ain't fanning the flame, if you're not intentional with those things, then what you're doing is you're just accepting what Satan's saying, you're accepting what the world's saying, and you're just walking in unity with the world because you're not opposing the world. So to do nothing means you're doing something. So God's calling us to get off of our sorry butts and start doing what God's called us to do and fan the flame. And if we don't fan it, Satan's going to eventually put it out. If we've lost our identity in Christ, I want to tell you, you're going to be operating out of fear. And fearful fruit looks like this. You're timid. You're you're timid about sharing the gospel. You're timid about talking about Jesus. You know why you're timid about talking about Jesus? Because you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the one you're talking about. But when you're fanning the flame, you know who you're talking about because you know who's done the work in your life. It gives you power. It gives you courage. It gives you passion. I'm loving this side over here, by the way. But come on. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you're operating out of the, you're going to have the fruit, of tim- the fruit of fear is timidness. You're easily moved. It's easy for you to come from a place of, I'm standing against the world to where I'm back in it. If you're not standing firm and fanning the flame, you'll be blown in any direction. But let me, let me tell you something. The fruit of your identity in Christ, Paul says here, that he gives, the Spirit doesn't, give, doesn't make us timid, but it gives us a power. It gives us power. It gives us love, and it gives us self-discipline. Who I read that, and I was like, man, thank you, Jesus. I'm glad, I'm glad that's in my Bible because there's so many people that says, I just can't spend time with God. Let me tell you, you start fanning that flame, he'll give you self-discipline. Excuses denied. Woo, praise Jesus. I'm going to get Pentecostal in here on y'all today. But I'm telling you, you can't say that you can't spend time with God when you're, when you're intentional with fanning the flame. He's going to give you that self-discipline. He's going to give you that power to share the gospel with other people when you are intentional with fanning the flame. No doubt. Month number one, when you start following Jesus, you may not be able to share the gospel. But let me tell you something. Five years from now, you should be able to tell the world about Christ because what he's done in you and through you if you're fanning the flame. It all comes back to that. It all comes back to that. He'll give you power. It'll, it'll, it'll enable you to love people that are unlovable. If you have a bitterness problem or a love problem, you have a relationship problem with Jesus. You're not fanning that flame. You're not intentional with that. The more you fan the flame, let me tell you something, the power of the Holy Spirit will burn out anything that does not please God, that does not line up with Scripture, if you're intentional with fanning the flame the gift of God's given you majority of our hiccups, majority of our identity issues, all comes back to our relationship with God. If we're truly walking with Jesus and we want him to be the Lord of our life, then guess what? We will desire his voice more than anybody else's. And I'm telling you that straight from my heart because I've battled this my whole life. But I've always had to come back to, it's it's, it's, it's kind of a litmus test. When I start seeing people's voices get in my head, and then they'll get in my heart because i start letting what they say start dictating how I feel. And when I start realizing I'm walking out of fear, I got to say, hold up. I got to take a step back and I got to look at the situation. And usually when I look at it, I can look back in my, in my prayer journal. And guess what? I missed one, two, and three. I missed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And here it is Thursday and I'm feeling like I'm a failure. You know why? Because I neglected my relationship with God. It all hinges on our relationship with God, church. See, fanning the flames, and I, it, it just enables you to desire to fight. When things are coming against you, when you're intentionally with fanning the flame that God has put in you, then you have a desire to fight. You want to fight because you know what is at stake. Can you honestly say you know what is at stake? See, and the higher the flame goes, the more the desire to oppose the world goes. The, 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 the more you fan the flame, the more intentional you are with your relationship with God, the less you will desire the things of this world. And I'm telling you, you've got to be intentional. And some of you think that it's gotta be like one of them industrial sized fans that's gonna fan the flame. It don't take that. It takes the smallest thing, the consistency of just keep doing it. Because what you're doing, you say, you know what, God, I value you more. In anybody else's opinion. I value you more than anything else. I'm going to keep doing this, even though sometimes it don't feel like this is working, even though it don't seem like this thing's growing. God, I know that you're going to send a fresh wind. You're going to send a fresh fire in my life, and things are going to change dramatically. Just being consistent, fanning that flame. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's what he wants you to do, but you have to want him enough to desire to do those things. And until we do that, nothing's going to change. Until you do that, you're going to keep walking in defeat. You're going to keep wondering about, why am I dry? Why is my relationship with God so dry? Because you're not intentional, because your identity is wrapped up in you and not in Christ. Because when your identity is in Christ, everything else is, everything is about him. Everything. The third thing is we have to realize why you're you're fighting. You have to realize why you're fighting. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9 says that, so don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, rather joined with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Thank you, Jesus. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I mean, we got to, before you're going to fight, you got to know who you're fighting for, right? You got to know who's fighting with you. You know what I'm saying? We, we, were, we were at the gym one day, and it was, it, it was me. I don't, if, I don't know if you remember this, Rick, but it was me and Rick and Dallas and, and Brian, Brian Lane, Brian Branson. We was at the gym, and, and uh, we was all working out. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around, and I'm the strongest one of all of us. And I'm out there faking it till I make it. You know, Rick's up there like, cutting backflips and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm up there like, whoo, yeah, man, like, do it, Rick. And it comes my turn. I'm like, you know what, I, I don't know. And I started, I started doing my little stuff, and I was like, I went to take it off the thing. I had one what Rick was going to do, and I was like, all right, here we go. Yep. I said, hey, Bo, you know, I don't want to hurt nothing. Why don't you take some of that off? And as we got through talking, uh, I remember Brian saying, man, I tell you what, Uh, If I was going to be in a fight with anybody, I'd want to be in a fight with you guys. And I was thinking, you just seen what I did. If you want anybody on your side, you want these other two guys. You don't want me because I'm weak. See, you want people on your side that are strong, right? You want people on your side that you know that you can count on. And saying, God is not weak. My Jesus is not weak. He is the strongest of the strong, and you can count on him in any fight in your life. You can count on him in any battle in your life. And you got, when. You, but you, it enables you to want to fight when you know you got somebody that's backing you. I I had a buddy of mine that, man, he had, he couldn't, and he wanted to fight everybody. When we was in a group, we showed up one day. I may have told this already. We showed up, we was leaving a, a party one night, and this boy, he was, in bad shape, and he, he walks up to this guy, and he stumbled into him, and there was this big old dude up there. And he bumps into him, and that guy was like, a, he was like a gentle giant. He's like, hey, man, be careful, just be careful. And he kind of pushed him off my buddy bows up. Just tells him everything he was going to do to him, and that, and that fellow said, just calm down. He said, no, I'm finna beat, be, beat you senseless. He said, I'm finna beat you senseless. He said, I forgot, that." Th-. he said, um, It just left me. I'm getting old. He says says something about about breakfast. I forget what it was. He said, I'm going to beat you so bad. He said something about breakfast. I'm killing the whole joke. But anyway, (laughs) that guy, that big guy looks at him, and he said, uh, said, if you're going to do that, he said, I hope you're hungry. That's what he said. But my buddy had such a big mouth because he had all of us behind him. And if we all ran, let me tell you who he was going to do. He was going to run. See, a lot of us, we don't fight because we don't realize who's backing us. We don't fight against this world. We don't fight against Satan. We don't fight against sin because we don't realize who we have in our corner. We don't realize what we've got behind us. And if we realize that we have the Holy Spirit, we have God, then we will fight against the world, and we will fight with a grateful heart because of what he's done. He's done. He, He gave us this gift because He wanted us to live a life free from sin, but we have to want to fight against it. And realizing, and I want you to realize one thing you you can fight differently when you know you're gonna win, right? When you walk into a fight knowing that you're fitting to devour that opponent, you you walk in there with a confidence, but when you walk in there thinking, I don't know, this is gonna come out too good, you're already lost in your mind. I want you to realize that every battle that you face in life, you can, be the, you can win because Jesus Christ is in your corner and the battle's already won. It's already won. It was paid in full on the cross. We can walk in, in unity with God and realizing that nothing we come up against in this life can defeat us if we are taking it to the cross, if we're taking it to Jesus. Nothing can. See, when we realize that our alliance and our allegiance is in him, Everything changes. We begin to see things and we begin to have a different confidence and a a different, just a different passion about how we fight against sin. See, the last thing is, is, is when I was reading this, I was thinking about Paul and he was in prison. And he was writing to Timothy. He didn't know how long his life was going to be. And he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus. Telling them about the same thing. He begins to tell them about how intentional they should be. He tells them about, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he says, Finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. you got to put on the armor of God that he gives us. He's given us armor to put on and he's looking at this roman soldier that's dressed in full armor that that his king has given him to protect him see our king has given us armor to put on that will protect us from the from the schemes and the plans that satan puts in front of us he but we have to be intentional with putting that armor on and what i ask you today churches are you intentional with putting that on every day Because some days we get up thinking we can do life on our own, so we leave the armor in the closet, and then we get hit by something, and we're like, oh, what happened? He gave you the armor. Why didn't you put it on? Because you're putting the trust in you and not in him. You know, but he reads on it, and in verse 14 he says, therefore put on, 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the evil one comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Be, be, have confidence, stand firm. He says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flames. He says all the flames, not just some, didn't he? All the flames, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation. And the soul of spirit, which is the word of God. This is, the, this is the, the armor in which God gives us every day that we should put on every morning. We get out of bed. Be intentional with putting this armor on. And if we're intentional with putting on the armor that God gives us, then there's no way we can get lost in translation. There's no way we can get lost in what Satan says. There's no way that our identity can get jacked up because we're intentional with putting on the things that God's given us to put on to protect us from that. You know, he, he, he gives some things. He says, put on the belt of truth. This is the belt of truth, church. And you got to be intentional with it. You got to get up and put that belt on and buckle it tight every single morning, every single day. You got to be intentional putting the belt of truth on. Because if you don't put the belt of truth on, then you may find yourself being exposed to the world around you. But he says that when you put the belt of truth, you're able to walk in unity with God. You know the truth of God so when you know the truth you can discern a lie amen so you're walking in that He says put on the breastplate of righteousness man this, this thing was it covered this area of your of your life it covered this area of your body it, it protected all your inner organs it, it protected those things that if you got struck it would it would hurt you the most important thing it protected was your heart. See, when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you put that on every day, you're realizing that you're walking not in your own strength, but in the righteousness that God gives you. And it protects your heart from being hard hearted and self conceited, thinking you can do things on your own. Are you putting on that breastplate that protects you every day? It says, the feet fitted with the readiness. See, a lot of times, a lot of us won't walk across the street to tell our neighbor about Jesus because we hadn't put on the feet. We haven't put on the protection. Because when we put on that protection on our feet, then we realize that we won't get we won't get hurt. We won't get, we won't get messed up. No, nothing will go wrong. We need to walk with the readiness to go. So if we're not ready to take that next step, if we're not ready to, to walk and tell people about Christ, then I ask you, church, have you put on the feet? So you'll be ready in season or out of season. Be ready to take that step. I could preach a sermon on this whole thing, but I'm going through it really, really fast because I really think God wants us to focus more on the fire than the armor today. But I want you to understand that you won't fan the flame unless you understand the armor that God's given you. You won't understand that God's given you every opportunity, every way to be, to be more than a conqueror. God's given you every, every tool that you will ever need to, to walk in victory. But you have to be intentional with fanning the flame in your life. And I wrote a bunch of stuff down, but I'll be honest with you, God's just telling me to tell you guys that it don't matter where you are in life. Where are you with fanning the flame? Where are you with your relationship with Christ? How intentional are you are with making sure that, that you are consumed by Jesus, that you are consumed by the goodness of God. How intentional are you all with that? Because if you're not intentional with that, then you're gonna allow, you're not gonna be intentional to putting the armor on. You're not gonna be intentional with being ready to fight against Satan and fighting against the, the, the battle in your head. If you're not intentional, fanning the flame. So, church member, I'm asking you today, are you fanning the flame? I'm not asking you, did you do it two weeks ago? No, did you fan the flame this morning? Did you fan the flame yesterday? What's God doing in your life? If you can't say God's doing this in my life, then chances are you're not fanning the flame. And if you're not fanning the flame, I, don't, I, I couldn't really say that you know Jesus. There's been times in my life in which I've got caught up in the world and I really wasn't fanning the flame. I was still saved. But have you ever fanned it? Have you ever just stood and look back at where God has brought you? Have you ever walked down memory lane for a little bit and thought about the goodness of God in your life? Or when you think about salvation, the only thing you think about is that when you said the sinner's prayer and when you went to church and and when you got baptized, is that all you think about? Are you thinking about how God's been changing your life? Because when you fan the flame, it changes things. And for us to have our identity in Christ means that Christ is changing us. And I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where you are. My question is, is Jesus Christ the center of your life? Because if you're not, if he's not the center of your life, then you're not gonna be fanning that flame. And some of you feel unqualified. Some of you feel like that you don't know enough to, 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 to do this or do that. You know, we had a little joke in my connect group this past week. It was somebody made, I don't know where, where it even got to this point, but somebody made a statement about me and Ben fighting. And they said, I'll take Ben. I mean, just out the gate. Didn't even give me a, a chance. I was like, well, why do you want to go first for the guy, the bald head and tattoos? I mean, I know he looks like he just got out of prison, but I'm telling you, I got some grit about me, you know? And, and so I got a little offended, but I got, to, I got to thinking about that. You know, we look at certain situations, and we think that, that this is going to win. You may be looking at situations in your life right now, and you're like, you know what? I will never overcome this. Well, the people that I've seen overcome is the people that's got grit, people that's got this in their, in their spirit that they ain't going to quit, they ain't going to stop, they're going to keep on going until they ain't got no more in them. I've seen people come into the ring all puffed up of their experience, and this little guy that had nothing to lose beat them because he had heart. See, it all comes back to your heart, church. It all comes back to what you want. It all comes back to your desire. And if your true desire is to fan the flame, your true desire is to know Jesus. If your true desire is to love Him with all your heart and all your soul, there ain't the a devil in hell that can keep you from accomplishing God's plan for your life. But the problem is, the reason we're so we're so jacked up and messed up because we're listening to all these other voices instead of the true voice. So today, I want to ask you: only if the only person knows your heart is you. I wish I could see your heart. I wish I could say you need to remove this. I wish I could say you need to remove that. I wish I could tell you because it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? But see, there's somebody that knows your heart better than even you and that is Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit. So what he's telling you today, you know what you need to change. You know what needs to go in order for you to be able to grow closer to God. You know the distractions. You know the things that are that are hindering you today. You know the excuses you're giving God of why you can't fan the flame. You know all those things. And maybe you're here today, you don't really know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know the excuses that you've been giving God or why you can't give your life to him. And today's the day to change all those things. We can be a lighthouse right here in this small community for Jesus Christ to, to the nations if all of us are fan the flame and intentional with those things. And our identity circled in him. And you may look at your past and you may say, there's no way I will be able to be that. And I'm telling you, put down the pen and let God pick it up and write the best best story for your life because there's a better way than the way you've been doing things. And I'm facing the praying just a second. And there's going to be an opportunity for you guys to come to this altar. If you need special prayer, I'm here. Y'all, let's don't be sitting in these pews acting like we got it all together. Let's be real. Let's be transparent. And let's be people that's like, you know what? I want to follow Christ more than I care about my neighbor thinks about me. Amen? Amen? Let's be transparent and real. There's more at stake here than our comfortability. God's calling you to step out and you need salvation, I'll be standing right over here and I would love to pray for you. There's people in a, anybody in a blue shirt, grab them. If you don't feel comfortable praying for me, go grab them. Don't leave this place without giving your life to the Lord. But there's stuff in your life that you need special prayer for. I'm here, come pray. I'll pray with you, but please do business with God today. So we leave here, even if there's an amber burning. We're fanning it. Amen. Father God, we come to you right now. And God, we pray that you were overcome us with your spirit, Lord. And we're no longer about us. We're no longer about what we think, God, but we're about you. So God, I pray, Father, that you would move in our hearts today. God, remove the garbage that's in there. Remove the complacency that's in there. Remove the judgmentalness that's in there, God. Remove the things in there that don't please you, Lord, so that, God, that we can be, God, the, the masterpiece in which you have designed us to be. God, I pray that you would just, just move in people's hearts today that have been walking in condemnation, thinking they're not good enough. I pray, God, that you would show them your glory this morning. I pray, God, that your, your, your hand would touch every heart in this room. And God, we, would, we wouldn't be proud of where we are, but God, we would be humble and looking at what we're becoming in you. But hey, see how far we have to grow because Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the example. And none of us will ever be that holy. But God, we need to pursue you every day. I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts and show us all what we need to remove so that our flame can grow higher. God, help us desire to fight. God, help us See why it's so important to fight. And God, convict us in the areas in our life where we haven't been fighting. (laughs) Father, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. And God, change us this morning. In Jesus' name.